slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to get to, but the main topic of conversation right now, last night's heartbreaking 3-2 loss to the New York Rangers at the Nassau Coliseum in what was the first meeting between these two rivals at the Coliseum since... March 10th of 1915, so almost five years ago. We will also have this date in Islanders history and a preview of Saturday's important home matinee against the first place Washington Capitals as the Islanders span of five division games out of six uh, continues this weekend. So lots to talk about here If you want to join the show, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to speak about, please send us an email. The address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Alright, let's get down to business here. Tough tough loss for the Islanders. Their second loss to the Rangers in three days, and uh, that has to sting. Goaltenders in this one, the Rangers going with Alexander Gorgiev, while the Islanders, of course, counter with Simeon Varlamov. Scratches for the Islanders in this one. Sebastian Ajo, Michael Dalcol, and Otto Koivula and thankfully for the Islanders, Casey Sezikis back uh, in the lineup. And that is certainly something the Islanders needed in this game. So things getting underway at the Coliseum. And right off the bat, it's intense, as it always is for Rangers-Islanders game. Crowd fairly even, maybe a slight edge for Islander fans, but Ranger fans making a lot of noise uh, at the Coliseum, and that is certainly something uh, Islander fans can't be happy about. We talked about Casey Sezikis coming back after uh, getting hit in the groin with a shot, missed a couple of games, and right off the bat, Sezikis makes an impact, and I think it speaks to how important that fourth line is for the Islanders. Sezikis, you know, hustling, Almost sets up a goal a few minutes into the game. And just the energy that he adds when all is said and done. Now, that backfired a little bit. Uh, Sezikis called for tripping at 427 when he took down Ryan Strom. That put the Rangers on the power play. 
but good penalty killing by the Islanders. Uh, even though Sezikis, one of their best penalty killers, is in the box, but at the end of the day, uh, they are able to kill it off. Now, Scott Mayfield draws a penalty, uh, a slashing call against Mark Stahl at 13:30. That puts the Islanders on the power play, and the Islanders. This is a crazy statistic. This power play was the Islanders' 100th power play of the season. That is last in the league. And hard to believe when you sort of break everything down, but the New York Islanders, you know, right now, they have played 46 games. And that's only their 100th power play of the season. Not a lot of action on that power play. But, uh, and and the crazy thing is this, how far down the list are the Islanders in power plays? They are last, 31st in the league with, with 100 after this particular man advantage. The next team, the Ducks, had 123 uh, coming into tonight. So the Islanders had 24 fewer power play opportunities than the next team in the league. That is difficult. Anyway, Islanders do not score on the power play. But at the end of the period, it's Josh Bailey getting the Islanders on the board with 50.3 seconds left. And what a great first period overall. The Islanders out shooting the Rangers 21 to 6. The 20th shot was the Bailey goal. Ross Johnston and Tom Cunackle get the assist. Time of the goal, 19.09. And at the end of 20 minutes, it was one to nothing in favor of the Islanders. So a good, solid first period for this team. And the fans certainly had to be enjoying that. Uh, in the second period, things getting underway. Uh... There was an icing, and it was Johnston and Haley having a few words. They are separated and not much going on. But here's the thing, and it was problematic. The Islanders did not have a shot on goal for, you know, a long stretch of that second period. And... It's just inconsistency. You come out with 21 shots on goal in the first period, and Georgiev kept the Rangers in that game. And then in the second period, it was like the Islanders had used up all of their energy in the first period offensively, and they had nothing left in the tank for the second period. You can't play inconsistent hockey like that, and you can't have letdowns like that, especially in a rivalry game and an important game like this one. Uh, so, disappointing play in the second period. The offense just was not there. And that was a problem. Devontae took a holding penalty at 7-13. Islanders were able to kill that off. Then, Scotty Mayfield, a trip. He tripped up Antem, uh, Artemi Panarin at 12.33. And then again, the Rangers back to the power play. And Kreider had a very good scoring chance. He made a 
uh, a deflection of a shot, but Varlamov came up big, made the stop, and, well, it looked like everything was going to be fine. But, video review comes to light. Mika Zabinijad uh, is awarded a goal on the power play at 12.46 of the second period, and the game is tied at 1-1. It was a, t- a tough sequence. Pulak swatted the puck away. It looked like it was, uh, you know, in time to prevent the puck from going all the way across the goal, but the replay showed that the puck did indeed cross the line, and as a result, it's a 1-1 hockey game. Now, the Islanders finally get their first shot of the second period, but it took about 14 and a half minutes for that to happen. And that is certainly not what you're looking for uh, from the offense of the New York Islanders. Islanders had a late power play chance in the second period. Ryan Lindgren called for cross-checking Jordan Eberle, and Eberle went face-first into the post, which was uh, not a pretty sight, but the Islanders managed only one shot on the power play, and at the end of the period, we're even at one, shots on goal, 27-19 Islanders, but in the second period, the Rangers outshot the Islanders 13-5. All right, we're going to take a step back. When we return, we will have the third period analysis, plus we'll preview this game coming up on Saturday against the Capitals, and we'll have this date in Islanders history. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, Eberle was able to return for the third period, which was good news for the Islanders because he did look a little woozy. And in the third period, the Islanders draw a early power play attempt. Tony D'Angelo interfering with Anders Lee, but the Islanders, you know, they had a lot of a of chances. The Rangers blocked a few shots. Eberly hit the post, but at the end of the day, uh, the Islanders unable to cash in. Then the Rangers take advantage as they score right after the power play expires. An odd man rush after D'Angelo comes out of the box. It's an unassisted goal at 4-16. Tony D'Angelo, his 12th and the Islanders were now trailing 2-1. to one. Things got worse as Pulak was called for closing his hand on the puck at 5-24. Rangers on the power play and with a chance to really take a two-goal lead. But the Islanders came through with a clutch penalty kill. Jordan Eberle with another scoring chance midway through the period, but be, but Georgiev made a very good save, and the game remained 2-1. to one. We had an interesting set of penalties called at 12-29. The initial call, Sezikis called for hooking Panarin, but Panarin also called for embellishment, so no effect there on the man advantage. Then, the Islanders managed to tie the hockey game, and this was huge. A clutch goal by Anthony Beauvillier as he got the goal during the four-on-four. 
Got it from in close down near the creases. 12th of the year from Pulak and Nelson. And uh, that goal coming at 12.40. And the hockey game was all even at 2-2. to Now, the Islanders had a power play chance later on. Chris Kreider ran straight into Simeon Varlamov. Goaltender interference the call at 13.51. But the Islanders unable to do much with the power play chance. And, you know, again, you, you could complain all you want about the Islanders being last in the league uh, in power play opportunities, but you still have to take advantage of the chances that you get. Now, the Islanders end up taking a very bad penalty late in the game. Derek Broussard called for cross-checking Jesper Fast at 19.06, so less than a minute left in the game, and the Rangers go on the power play, and that creates a terrible situation. Chris Kreider, able to convert with the man advantage, he scores a goal with 24.6 seconds left, his 16th from Mika Zabinijad and, and Artemi Permanarin, and it's a 3-2 lead, and the Islanders just did not have enough time to try to get that tying goal. They pull Varlamov, but to no avail, and the Islanders end up falling short in this one by a 3-2 margin. Islanders had 40 shots on goal, Georgiev with 38 saves, and and that was a big difference maker there for the Rangers. Zabinijad with a goal and an assist to pace the Rangers. On the Islanders' side, uh, you know, Beauvillier and Bailey with the goals, nobody on the Islanders with a multi-point game. Nick Letty was a plus two to pace the Islanders, and Eberle. Uh, was and Ryan Pulak each had six shots on goal to pace the team. Matt Martin had seven hits for the Islanders, uh, and that was the high. As far as ice time goes, Letty, 26 minutes, 20 second, uh, 26 seconds. Pulak with 26 minutes, 15 seconds. Among forwards, it was Matthew Barzal with 22 minutes, 18 seconds, and Brock Nelson with Almost 21 minutes of ice time, 20-58. Not a lot of ice time for some of the fourth liners. Cunackle was only on ice for 5 minutes, 59 seconds. He had an assist. Ross Johnston only on the ice for 3 minutes and 49 seconds. He also had an assist. And Noah Dobson among the defensemen. uh, You know, against Detroit, he had a lot of ice time. When you're winning 8-2, you can certainly spread the ice time out. Noah Dobson, only 8 minutes and five seconds of ice time. You look at the shot chart, Islanders had more chances, more shots, and more quality shots, but Georgiev came up big. Varlamov did a decent job as well, Uh, but again, the Rangers had too many chances in that slot area, the high-density area where, you know, quality scoring chances are acquired, and that ended up hurting the Islanders without a doubt. By the way, the 22 shots on goal in the first period is a season high for the Islanders. 
And the problem is that they weren't able to follow that up in the second period. And, you know, again, the inconsistency that this team is showing, especially offensively, has been a problem throughout the season. As for Casey Sezikis, he had four penalty minutes. His most outstanding part of this game, probably, uh, other than the four hits and the block shot, 14 out of 17 in the faceoff circle. Josh Bailey, 4 out of 5. Uh, Derek Broussard, 3 out of 4. Uh, Brock Nelson struggling. He won 10 out of 24 draws for just 42% overall. And uh, again, just a disappointing loss, a heartbreaking loss in a game the Islanders really needed to have. And it's uh, very frustrating. You look at the standings now. Washington in first place with 69 points. Pittsburgh, 63 points. The Islanders with 60 points. So they're three points now behind the Penguins uh, with a game in hand and four points ahead of the Hurricanes. And the Islanders have a game in hand on them as well. When we come back, we'll have this date in Islanders history plus a preview of the big showdown against the first place Capitals Saturday afternoon at the Coliseum. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to January 17th, 2012 at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. Islanders and Capitals facing off in this one. And the Islanders get on the board first with Carl Alsner in the penalty box for holding. John Tavares scores on the power play. His 17th of the year at 12.05. Assists to Mark Streit and Matt Molson. That made it 1-0 Islanders. In the second period, the Islanders add to their lead at 6.05. P.A. Parento, his 8th from Franz Nielsen. And it was a 2 to nothing lead for the Islanders. Evgeny Nabokov in the net for the Islanders against Tomas Vakun for Washington. And in the third period, Alexander Ovechkin called for cross-checking at 12-10, and the Islanders cash that in as well. Parento, his ninth of the year, second of the game, from Molson and Nielsen at 12-38, it was 3-0 Islanders, and that's how this game would end. Nabokov only had to make 17 saves to earn the shutout in this one. A victory on the road for the Islanders against a Capitals team that came into this game six games over 500, while the Islanders were four games under. Molson and Nielsen with two assists. P.A. Parento with a pair of goals, and uh, Nino Niederreiter and P.A. Parento had three shots each, but John Tavares leading the Islanders with seven shots on goal in this one. The shutout for Nabokov, uh, always something to celebrate. Islanders end up outshooting the Capitals 28-17 and earning a 3-0 victory in Washington, D.C., all this on this date in Islanders history, January 17th, 2012. Okay, Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock start at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders and the Capitals. 
meeting for the third time this season. The road team has won both of the other games. Capitals winning 2-1 in the season opener. A home game for the Islanders. Then the Islanders winning 4-3 on New Year's Eve on a matinee over the Capitals in Washington. And look, the Islanders know the Capitals are a tough opponent. They are 32-11-5, 69 points. First place in the Metropolitan Division, fresh off a 5-2 win last night over the New Jersey Devils. The goaltending duo of Braden Holtby and Ilya Samsonov. Uh, right now, Holtby the starter, but Samsonov with the better statistics. 18-9-4 uh, record for Holtby with a 302 goals against average and an 899 save percentage. While Samsonov is 13-2-1 with a 2.11 goals against average and a 925 save percentage. John Carlson presently leading the team in points. He has 43 assists, 56 points, and a plus 13. Alexander Ovechkin, always dangerous, leading the team with 28 goals, and he also has 44 points. And so much of his damage done on the power play, 10 of his 28 goals come with the extra attacker. Evgeny Kuznetsov, 16 goals, 42 points. And then Jacob Verana has 20 goals also, and TJ Oshie not far behind with 18. The always dangerous Nicholas Backstrom has 26 assists and 35 points in 39 games. You look at the line combinations, Backstrom centers Ovechkin and Tom Wilson on the top trio. Kuznetsov is the second line center with Varana and Oshie flanking him. Lars Eller centers the third line with Carl Haglin and Richard Panic on his wings. And Nick Dowd is the center for Brendan Leipzig and Garnett Hathaway. That is the fourth line. On defense, it's Michael Kempney and John Carlson as the top pairing. Dmitry Orlov and Nick Jensen are the second pairing. And Jonas Siegenthaler and Radko Gudis are the third combination uh, on defense. You look at the statistics. Capitals fourth in the league in goals scored. Tenth in the league in goals against. Their power play is 11th in the league with a 20.8% success rate. The penalty kill, second in the league. They kill off 84% of opposing teams' power play chances. And uh, the Islanders just need to get that power play going. And, they, of course, they need to draw a few more penalties. Hey, show this team some respect. You know, the Islanders are a good hockey team. They should be getting more penalties called in their favor as the season progresses. And right now, that just does not seem to be happening. So Islanders got to hope to get things back on track because right now they are struggling in recent games and it's getting very frustrating. The offense still not coming through and you know you get off to that great start against the Rangers and then falter. You look at this team right now they've lost three of their last four and five of their last seven and that is uh, five of their last eight, excuse me. But again, not what you're looking for 
And, you know, losing three out of your last four, especially when we had such an important stretch of games coming up, not going to be easy. Capitals Saturday at Carolina Sunday, a busy weekend for the Islanders. And uh, we will have a full analysis of both games on our Monday podcast. Hope everybody has a great weekend. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review and a comment or two on your podcatcher of choice. It helps other Islander and hockey fans find the podcast, and it certainly helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great weekend, everybody.